Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> you laughed. You messed me up. <laughs> hey there. Hey, and welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. You know what I realized, and we're both stupid dum-dums? For what reason this time? So, we were all, April 10th, that's Maria's birthday. Uh-huh. Happy birthday, Maria. It's Maria's birthday. <laughs> April 10th is also the day that we released our first three episodes. Wait a minute. We straight up just forgot entirely. But we, we dropped our first three episodes on my birthday last year. Did we? Yeah. Holy shit. It's been a year? Yeah. And we both fully just did not even absorb it at all. Oh <laughs> my God. What? <laughs> Hang on. Wait, now I have to literally go and look at yeah, fucking fact, Spotify. Fact check me because maybe I'm lying, but I'm pretty sure we Wait. dropped them on my birthday. Oh, no, 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 no. We dropped, we dropped the first episode, which means it was the first three on April 20th. 20th we dropped the trailer on your birthday gotcha which we really have to redo because our trailer is garbage i mean it's kind of cute but yeah we should redo no it's it's pretty bad i I feel like we drone on and i think we should we've grown we've grown we can we're shorter and sweeter people are we i mean i didn't speak with this accent before but now i do what if i actually talked like this all the time i would not have a podcast you would absolutely have a podcast. <laughs> it would be a very different podcast. You would have had a, a podcast a long time ago if that was your voice. It would be very different. Okay, so April 20th, which, hang on, is that the Monday that this drops? Is it? It's Tuesday. Is this, is this very fortunate timing? No, but it's it's the day after this episode okay, drops. Okay, cool. What? Dude, a whole year went by and I barely noticed. Yeah. Time doesn't exist but when it does it's real fucky yeah (laughs) where's that (laughs) t-shirt we can make it we can make it i think the mic might be too close to my mouth because i'm getting a lot of spikes oh gross that's fine i'll edit them out it's been my job for a year now i should be used to it you've been a podcast editor for a year god and a podcast host have we grown i definitely (laughs) like we've definitely grown because I'm not as nervous as I was when we were recording the first, like, even, like, 10 episodes. Yeah. No, we're chill. We're I'm, cool. I'm pretty chill. Since we're hitting a full year of this, thank you, guys. Oh, my God. Like, we've actually had people listening and, like, giving us feedback and p- making episode suggestions. Like We, we have, have like, a community or whatever. That's crazy. It's small, but I love them. Thank you for being part of the Wonder Binge family. I I can tell from your face how sincere you were, but like if I'd closed my eyes and just listened to you, that sounded so fake. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm about to cry. I'm about to cry. Well, that's crazy, man. So moving on, I guess. Do you want to hear about my Monday? I'd love to hear about your Monday. Because my Monday was weird. Okay. Early morning. I have to go to New Jersey, like an hour away for Blinky's surgery. She got her eyes out and she got spayed. I had to drop her off at like 8 a.m. And they said that I had to pick her up around three. Now, it was an hour drive. So I'm like, you know, if I go home, I'm only going to be home for a couple hours. And then I'm going to have to drive back. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to find a cute ass cafe that I've never been to and just work on my notes all day. So I went to this cafe. It's called Colonial Cafe in Mount Holly, New Jersey, in case anyone's interested. It was very cute. 
Um, non-spawn? Non-spawn. No, I just liked it. <laughs> but I ordered my, my chai and my hash browns and I went to go sit down. And the way the cafe is set up is like there's like two separate sitting rooms with like like a couch and like a couple chairs and like a table or two. And there's a guy sitting in the one sitting room. So I go and sit in there with him and we start chatting. And I have this uncanny ability to attract history buffs and i just like they just talk to me about all of the history that they know and he so he starts going on about the history of this town and it's very interesting he actually gave me a couple episode ideas but um he was also telling me about some touristy things in mount holly one of which was uh an old jailhouse from the 1600s which may or may not be haunted and they do tours and (gasps) stuff yes please there's a park nearby full of sculptures it's called ground sculpture park and also in that town in the summer specifically like outside of covid obviously but like in the summer specifically they have scarecrow contests what where like people just make scarecrows and then they vote on the best one and they also have it sounds so it sounds cute as hell but they also have canoe races and children throw candy at the canoers. What the? What? It sounded like so much fun. That sounds amazing. So I'm going to force you to go to Mount Holly with me one day. I'm going to compete in that scarecrow contest and I'm going to win, baby. So I'm talking to this guy for a while and then uh, he leaves and this family comes in and it's like, so they come in and they're from Florida. So we start talking, but somehow we got into like what I do for a living, which is carpentry. And he's like, oh my God, do you know how to build a one-legged chair? <laughs> I'm like, what? So now I'm in like an uh, a fake one-legged chair building race with this person I met in this cafe. What? This is a very long-winded way of saying I got nothing done while I was at the cafe. A one-legged chair is a stool, like a like a like a bar like stool, a single like which yeah. weirdly neither of us thought of while we were having this conversation we just kept making jokes it was such a like a dumb conversation but i loved it so much i don't like i know you and i know how charismatic you are <laughs> and i know how cute and like Stop. nice looking you Stop. are <laughs> but i even i can't comprehend of seeing even i know you i know you personally i can't imagine walking into a cafe and seeing you sitting there on your computer and going over and like just fully taking you away from what you're working on to talk about nonce i mean me and you can do that because we know each other so maybe this is not a great example but i cannot like i maybe it's just me being so completely and utterly unapproachable in every way no one has ever interrupted me i don't how what is it about you? I just, I can't. Here's the thing. When someone says, like, funny joke that doesn't really matter at all, I go, ha ha ha, follow up funny joke that doesn't matter at all. Where, like, you were like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just a fucking asshole. Is you're, what you're saying. No, you're just like, yeah. And then you, like, that you think that's the end, you know? Yeah. But I don't know where the end is, you know? You have to say goodbye, I'm no, leaving no, for me to, to think it's the end. We're going to, I'm going to train you to prompt an end. <laughs> well, don't teach me because I learned <laughs> things today or that day rather. By the way, my story's not over. Oh my God. There's more. Okay. So like I said, I got nothing done. Well, this family is leaving now. They're going to go on with their lives and I'm sitting alone now. And I'm like, great. I start working on my notes and I get a phone call. It's one o'clock. 
I thought Blinky was going to be done at three o'clock, but the hospital called at one and said, you can pick her up now. Thank God you didn't go back home. Uh, Honestly, though, because it would have been a complete waste of time. I go to pick up Blinky and I grab her. And because I'm in New Jersey already, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just adopt her now because like I had to wait for her to be spayed before Mm -hmm. I could officially adopt her. And I'm like, well, the shelter is 20 minutes away. I might as well go do it now real quick. And I had the form. I had my checkbook. I was ready to go. And I pull into the parking lot and my phone dies. And that's only, I mean, that's a problem for two reasons. But the first one was that I had to email the shelter her spade forms. Oh, come on. So I plugged my phone into my car. It got up to like 0.2%. I send the email and it dies again because my phone's charger just doesn't work. I think it actually drains the battery. But I was able to email the form. I go inside, I do the thing, and I come back out and I realize, like, there's another reason I need my phone. I don't know where the fuck I am. Yeah, I, w- I'm, I was going to say, I'm in a need state the GPS. that I don't live in and don't frequent. <laughs> I'm in a part of the state, at least, that I don't frequent. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I look over and there's a woman in the parking lot and she's just sitting in her car on her phone. And I'm like, oh, well, like, I've already talked to like a million people today that I don't know. Here I go. And I walk up to this stranger and go, can I use your phone? So I sat on the ground for like five minutes with this woman's phone, just writing directions. And I got home the old fashioned way, just following signs and praying I don't miss an exit. And poor Blinky was out of surgery, like delirious as fuck. I was just like so happy she slept through it. But yeah, so that was my Monday. Here I am now about to tell you I just, you know, sometimes... (laughs) <laughs> I do. I do know sometimes. Welcome to Wonder Bunch Podcast. Hey, welcome to Wonder <laughs> Bunch Podcast. We should start doing that more often. I'm Genevieve Cole. I'm, you use your f- full name. I did do that. Why did I do that? Why did you do that? That's Jen Cole. <laughs> and I'm Maria Monachino. Genevieve. Who is this woman? Your great grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Happy Polka Jean. Um, oh my God. <laughs> anywho, I think we all know what my episode today is about. We do, because you, the listeners, voted for it. You used your voice to uh, to have this be the topic. I hate you so much. I love you so much. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the emergency call number for America. Yeah, the history of the emergency call number. So I will say, I got this idea from... An episode of, and that's why we drink, it's episode 211, The Echelon Twins and the Rotary Butt Dial. Fuck yeah. Great name. <laughs> Actually, I, I was just listening to to them on my way here. I promise I listen to other podcasts. I just happen to be listening to them while I was on my way <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, she listens to, and that's why we drink, and Wonder Binge. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to myself and to someone that sounds like myself. <laughs> I'm a little obsessed with myself. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm saying this, that I was just listening to them, was because... Christine was saying that she was very upset that she didn't cite someone that she used in an episode. And it occurred to me that we haven't put any of our sources on our website. We should do that. Okay. But anyway, here we're going to go. Here we're going to go. Here we're going to go. We're going to go here. For sure. You're pointing at my floor. Am I I supposed to go there? Lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Remember how I said I'm calm when I uh, (laughs) record now? Yeah, I fucking lied. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't sure how to start this episode because I Give didn't want to like. Zone, please. Make you so- oh, 
I really genuinely thought that I was queuing you up for a Mickey Zone that you had already written. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no Mickey Zone. Forget it. Forget <laughs> I said anything. It didn't happen. Shut up. I I I am not even good at these things on the spot. So like, sorry. I no, can I can read the next thing dramatically if you'd like. No, 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 no. Okay. I thought that you maybe had one, and I was queuing you up for it. So I wasn't sure where to start this episode because I didn't want to like copy Christine's format, which by the way, I did my own research. Like I didn't just get all of my information from a podcast episode. There's nothing wrong with getting all of your information from a podcast. Like this one. Allow us to give you all of the information you could possibly need. I just wanted to buff the episode because Christine focused on the crime where I have to focus on the after effects of the crime. Gotcha. You know, I figured I'd start this episode by telling you all some some facts about emergency call lines in other countries, just in case you ever need to know them. Okay. Actually, it's not just facts about other countries. It's facts about just like emergency call numbers in general. Uh, so there's something nowadays called the International Telecommunication Union, which is ITU. And it has set two standard emergency call numbers that can be used in most countries from any phone. In most cases, you can dial your home country's emergency call number and the call will automatically reroute to the emergency line of whatever country you're in. So obviously 911 is standard in the Americas as a whole. Okay. Not not just the US, but like this whole continent, it's pretty standard. While uh, 112 is standard across Europe, Asia, parts of Africa, and Russia. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I th- but what about 999? I'll get to that. Um, I feel lied to already. Here's the thing. I don't like when I think I have a grasp of something and then you're like, I'll get to it. It's like, whoa, am I wrong? You're fucking wrong. You're not wrong. I could just jump ahead. No, no, go ahead. Do do what you got to do, baby. While 911 here is just like a universal emergency call number to like, you tell them, I need police, I need fire, I need ambulance, I need whatever. Mm -hmm. Some countries have different emergency numbers based on what you need. So that was a fun fact I didn't know. And now there are emergency lines in development for more specific emergencies, such as the suicide prevention line, which will be 988. And that's in the wheelhouse right now because it was just approved by the FCC and should be ready for use in July of 2022. That's awesome. Yeah. So this whole thing like opened up a much needed door for emergency call numbers in general. But countries that also use 911 as a standard uh, in Africa, it's like Ethiopia, Liberia, Kenya, and Uganda, those are just like the big ones that I saw. Antarctica uses 911, Iraq, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, and most U.S. territories, including the Marshall Islands, which I talked about in the Miranda Rights episode. The land of Nod. The land of Nod. Nice. Um, Wow, it's all tying in. So here's the exciting extra about 999 for you. London was the first to establish an emergency call number, 999, in 1937. Just for the city of London, though. It wasn't all across Britain. It was just for the city of London. Okay. Uh, But it was later extended to the entire country. 999 is still widely used across most of Europe, but they also use 112. Will the... Will the lines go to the same like dispatch essentially yes okay winnipeg canada adopted 999 in 1959 but changed it to 911 once america established their own emergency call number in 1968 okay because they thought you know like same continent might as well be the same emergency call number uh another exciting extra Los Angeles was the first U.S. city to establish their own citywide emergency number, which was 116, 
1946, 22 years before the U.S. created a nationwide emergency number. Does that number still work? I don't think so. Okay. It's just a fun little fact. All right. So while the U.S. was, you know, familiar with the idea of an emergency call number, particularly for metropolitan areas like Los Angeles, there was seemingly no need to have a large-scale emergency number. That is until Kitty Genovese. Why do I know those? Why do, I, why do I know the words you just said? Have you ever heard of the the Genovese effect or the bystander effect? Bystander effect. Yes, I have. That's oh, why. Oh, wait, wait, wait. She's the lady of the, the, the fucking... I know this. I don't. I, it's not real, right? What? Oh, I mean, the crime is real. But, like, but there the, are parts of it that were exaggerated. Yeah. 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 But it was a big catalyst for, like, why they developed 911. Tell me more. Tell me more. I'll tell you more, baby. All right. So Try, Catherine. I, I think I figured out why you said your full name at the beginning of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Genevieve. Genevieve. Not going to lie. When I was listening to this episode uh, with Why We Drink, I kept she kept saying Genevieve and I like would look up <laughs> as if someone said my name. It was it was so bad. Like That's I did awesome. it every single time. But anyway, so Catherine or Kitty. Genevieve was a 28-year-old resident of New York living in Queens in an apartment with her girlfriend, Mary Ann, in 1964. She was described as having a sunny disposition and, at the time of her death, was working as a bartender, and she was basically running the bar by herself since the owner couldn't give enough of a shit to keep up with his own business. And I can imagine as a female bartender, Kitty was probably getting some unwanted attention, so... Like, she was totally holding her own. I'm just trying to give you an idea of this person because I like the idea of focusing on the victim instead of the killer because yeah, fuck them. And also at that time, she was relentlessly saving her own money with the dream of opening up her own Italian restaurant. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about the attack that more or less started it all. So since we're not a true crime podcast, even though I'm low-key wishing we are at some times at some points uh <laughs> especially recently apparently uh i'm gonna skim the details of the attack and just focus on the after aftershock like i said i would okay so on march 13th my brother's birthday by the way in 1964 he was not born in 1964 he was not kitty genovese was driving home from her shift around 2.30 a.m. when Winston Mosley spotted her sitting at a stoplight and thought to himself, I wonder what it's like to kill a woman, and decided to follow her home. Armed with a hunting knife, Mosley followed Genevieve into the alleyway of her apartment complex. When she noticed him, she ran to the front of the building, but Mosley was able to catch her, grab her, and stab her twice in the back. She began screaming, Oh my God, he stabbed me, help me! Many people heard her cries, but only a few registered the sound as a cry for help. One neighbor yelled out, let that girl alone, and Mosley fled the scene. Genevieve was able to make it to the front of the building, but out of view of any witnesses. What witnesses did see, however, was Mosley get into his car, drive away, and come back 10 minutes later. He found Genevieve laying in a hallway at the back of the building, barely conscious. He stabbed her several more times, assaulted her, and stole $49 before fleeing the scene. So Mosley escaped. And then about a week later, Mosley confessed to the murder after he was picked up for stealing a TV. But yeah, so he was picked up when he confessed to the murder of Kitty Genevieve and like two others, actually, two other women that he killed prior to that within the same year. Now, this murder probably would have flown under the news's radar in a city as big as New York City. 
until the Times printed this article. And this is probably what you're thinking of with it being a lie. 38 who saw murder and didn't call the police was the headline that the Times decided to use. Where did they get that number? It's actually a real number. Really? It's truthfully less than the amount of witnesses. Wait, there were actually that many witnesses? There were actually more. There were more like 47. What? But, so I don't think I actually wrote this down, so I'll just tell you now. But basically like the number 38 came from like an accumulative like police investigation where they had like 38 witness statements. But I think someone just counted the papers and not looked at the papers because they it was more like 38 households, not counting all of the occupants inside. So at 2.30 a.m. More like 3.30 because it's like he followed her for an hour, actually. So 3.30 a.m. A woman can be heard screaming outside 38 households in the vicinity all wake up look outside no no they don't look outside so in this in this context witnesses just it's a loose you were aware that something happened essentially so woke up heard it registered it as something to remember and then went back to sleep or did whatever they did one guy actually or one guy got up looked out the window and said leave that lady alone you punk and then he ran away and he went ha ha did that. I've saved the day. I saved the you, day. You're fine, woman on the ground. I'm going to go back to bed now. In, Bye. In, <laughs> in his defense, she was technically out of view. He, I think, I actually don't know the extent of like that specifically, but I think he like, like heard slash maybe saw Mosley go after someone and went, stop that. And, you know, <laughs> stop it. And saw Mosley leave and went, all right, got it. So, yeah. That the headline was 38 who saw murder and didn't call the police. They, no, not a lot of people saw it. I would venture to say no one actually saw it necessarily. But 38 people, more like 47 people were aware that something in the general area was happening. Okay. Uh, was What year was this? 1964. Were security cameras a thing? Uh, probably only in, like, stores and stuff like that. So not in the apartment building that she crawled into? I highly doubt it. Okay. But as you can imagine, this headline got people riled up. People wondered, why? Why wouldn't anyone help when they heard or saw signs of an attack? I'm gonna pass the mic to you. Maria, if you had to guess, why do you think people ignored this? Um, it's not so much a guess as it is the theory of the bystander effect. Which I don't know if that applies here, actually. Like, the theory that I'm about to state. Mm-hmm. Um, the theory, as I know it, is if something's happening and you see it and you see other people seeing it, the idea is someone else is going to do something. Right. So, like, I um, have done, like, boot camp training stuff with my mom. Like, she's a nurse. And also I've assisted in simulations and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when we are doing those, one of the biggest things, and also like when you're training for CPR also, one of the biggest things is if there's an emergency happening, best thing you can do is to not say someone call the police or someone get help. If you are taking control of the situation, you should look at a person like directly at them, point at them and say, you 
get help. Yeah, or that's you a great call the police. Idea. You assign it to someone to avoid the bystander effect. Yeah. And you know, that weirdly also applies to like like work situations too. Like I'm thinking about working in a scene shop full of people and like the boss might walk walk in and be like, All right, someone build me one of these. No one's gonna build it. Yeah. Like everyone's gonna think that everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yes, absolutely. There are more reasons, of course, which is like, like I said, not everyone actually saw the attack. They, a lot of people just heard it. And if you're living in a big city, you're you're kind of used to a lot of loud noises, a lot of yelling for various mm-hmm. reasons, whether they're attacks or not. So there's that. And then there's also the idea of like, I don't want to get involved because I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons that people wouldn't get involved and wouldn't try to help. Not that that's an excuse, it's just why no one did anything necessarily. So is this this is not before the establishment of the emergency call number. This is after. Like nine one one is a thing by now. No, no, no. That's a point that I'm going to so, get to so later. So it's so they're like even if they did know, there's nothing they could do other than like getting in like getting directly involved. No. So at the time, and I was I, I'll probably touch on this again, but at the time, if you needed the police. You had to call the police station, which is a 10-digit number. So you either memorized your, like, district's number, not just, like, the number for your city or the number for your state even. It was, like, whatever county you were in, that was the police number that you had to know. And if you didn't know it, you had to go look it up to get any kind of help. And this wasn't, like, you couldn't just pull it up in your contacts. No, it wasn't like you had a cell phone. You're like, oh, what, what Queens County Police or whatever. This wasn't like literally the other night where my neighbors were throwing a party and there was a fight going on outside <laughs> and I heard it and I heard like screaming and profanities and what was beginning to be a fight. And so I pulled out my phone and I texted Jim. <laughs> texted uh, the police officer I literally, that is our friend. I, I, hey, are you, if you're still out patrolling, can you like swing by? Because there's a fight. <laughs> so... The Times greatly exaggerated this number, technically. Like, if you count, if, if like, if you want to go with, like, actual witnesses, there were way less than 38. But technically there were more, is what you said right right Te- before this. <laughs> technically, yeah. Well, witness is a loose word to put on okay. these people. Like, these 38 slash 47 people were just like, if you heard a yell outside right now, if we heard a yell outside right now, we're probably not going to get up, you know? Mm-hmm. But we're technically a witness if that makes sense but the people who actually saw it were more like 10 okay and so they would be like key witnesses they would be more like key witnesses that yes exactly um i want to say that the times has actually apologized for over exaggerating since they uh released that article because like i said there were only a couple key witnesses and it was also a lie like no one did nothing there were people who did get involved in some way or another first off there was the guy that said let that girl alone so he was a key witness not quite a valiant effort but you know it it it's it there. was more than it was more than nothing it was more than ignoring it uh one man did call the police during the first attack but told the police that the man had fled and there was a woman staggering around now and the police took this as ah she's fine and never showed up so he actually tried. There was a guy that tried. Then there was a 70-year-old neighbor named Sophia who was actually a friend of Genevieve's. And she held her until the police arrived. Like, she found oh, her. Oh, shit. 
And uh, I think, I don't know if she called the ambulance or someone else After did. After the second attack, she After the her? second attack, she held her until the police arrived. And Genevieve's unfortunately passed in the ambulance car to the hospital. So there's another person who tried to help. There was also another guy who called the police but he only did so after he received a call from a friend who was one of two friends that the guy who actually witnessed the attack called because he wasn't sure what to do. I see something. I call you and Matt. <laughs> I say, I just saw something. I don't know what the fuck to do. You guys yep. go, hang on a second. I got this. And I call. You call somebody else. I call James. <laughs> you call your brother James and you go, shit got crazy. Maria witnessed something. And James goes, I got this. And James calls police and goes, hey, my sister's friend saw something. <laughs> this guy who witnessed the attack and went, quick, what's the number for 911? <laughs> Called his friend and they went, I don't know. That doesn't exist yet. Let me call Johnny. Maybe he knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, alfalfa. But like he had to do that because there was no emergency call number and he didn't know the police's number and he, i guess he didn't have a phone book you know like some people just don't have phone books mm -hmm. they don't have the internet so he's like maybe my friend knows that friend doesn't know but that friend has enough sense to go okay let me call someone else who knows so like those four people tried to help and like i thought to myself for a very brief moment a responsible person would memorize the police's number but i don't think it's practical and, like, Maria, you right now, like, in a in this calm situation, if I was, like, what is my cell phone number? Now, imagine someone is attacking you and trying to kill you. Do you think you could? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So even if you do memorize it, like, in a stressful situation, there's a good chance that you won't remember it. So having three numbers, as we all know, is way easier than ten. Mm -hmm. Now, more to that point. Not only do you have to, like, memorize the police's number if that were something you were to do for yourself, not only would you have to do that, you'd have to also pinpoint the location of the crime, which could be tough to do, especially if you're just, like, in your house in the city. And then it's not like you can walk outside to, like, go and monitor the crime and be on your cell phone because in 1964, you were plugged into the wall. Yeah. Pinpointing the location is, like, still an issue today. It is. There there have been two times where I have called dispatch, 911, mm -hmm. and I've had to tell them the location of something and just fully, like, I... I don't fucking know. Yeah. And like the one time I was headed somewhere and there was a SEPTA in front of me. And you know how the SEPTA buses, they have like their bus number like lit up in LEDs. Yeah. Fun fact, when you're behind a, uh, a SEPTA or a piece of public transport that has that, look at it because it's not always their number. Sometimes it's flashing. Call 911. <gasps> I was driving behind a SEPTA and it was flashing, call 911, call 911. Uh -huh. And so I fucking called 911. Like and I'm like, hi, I'm on uh, a pike. I won't triangulate. I'm behind a SEPTA and it says call 911. So I'm calling 911. <laughs> they're like, which direction are you headed? And I'm like, do I need a compass now? <laughs> like, um, I almost spit up my I'm tea. going like up the hill. Like we just, we just passed Wawa. They're following the SEPTA route. Like, can you just find them somehow? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And I was like, I was, I had every intention of continuing to follow that SEPTA. Mm -hmm. 
And then I hit a red light and I could not get through. <gasps> and I was like, no. I'm not about, I don't know where, where my, like, Your citizen. I'm trying to do the right thing comes in of then like endangering other people by like running Running red lights and like speeding through traffic and stuff to try and keep up with the septa and then also i don't want like who like whatever may be happening in it to then get accelerated because they see me chasing them true so i was i was just like on the phone still with dispatch i'm like i got stuck at a red light oh my god they're they're continuing up the hill like i don't see them turning anywhere like they they're going straight they're still on this right this main road and she was like okay we're sending somebody do you want your name no or do you want to be anonymous? I don't... I Hi, I'm Maria Monachino. I do not care. Please, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, Please I'm very help confused. this poor step to bus. And then for a full week after, I was just like, every single day I was Googling. I remembered that. Every single day I was Googling to see if, like, anything came of that. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. That's crazy, man. But trying to, like, triangulate where something is happening is still impossible, at least for me. No, I totally get that. I remember... um. I think I was with you, actually. We were driving toward um, toward Westchester, and in the middle of the road was a full mattress, like, in the middle of the highway. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't, like, that shouldn't be there. That's dangerous. So yeah, I decided I to call the police, call. and they were like, where are you? And I said, I'm on this road going, I think, north. I don't know what to do. There's a mattress. Please help. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how you sounded. (laughs) You were like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking to you right now. I just know there's a mattress in the road and it's danger. Yeah. And I I actually, you know what? In that situation, I'm like, 911 is not necessary for a mattress in the middle of the road. So I did look up the county police and called that number. (laughs) Funny enough. And he was definitely confused. He's like, oh, do you want dispatch? I'm like, I don't think so. But anyway, so... While the New York Times may have over-exaggerated the account of the attack, the fact remains that several people did in fact hear slash see the crime, but did decide to ignore it for all of the reasons that we listed. And it was very, also very much due to the bystander effect, like you said. And I think you, I think you summed it up pretty well. I don't need, I don't know if I need to read all these notes, but it is basically like the idea that someone else will take care of it or like if you just kind of just assume you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. like maybe also, it's a play or it's, whatever it's like like 3 30 in the morning you've been woken up by this noise mm-hmm. some of that 47 people like woke up to a noise and then went back to sleep and you know the bystander effect though like it fascinates me because once i learned about it and i've seen a couple like social experiments about it like s- several different ones mm-hmm. like the one i remember most is um it had to do with culture and it was this uh like middle eastern couple and they were actors of course but it was a middle eastern couple you know with like the whole hajib and everything and the man slapped the woman and no one did anything but then they did that social experiment again like the next day and it was like Like a white couple a white couple and the guy slapped the girl it was all fake obviously but he slapped her and like three guys lunged at him and like threw him into a bush and went to make sure that the girl was okay and it was it was bystander effect as well as like the idea of like not stepping in because you think there's a culture barrier when abuse is not acceptable anywhere Mm -hmm. but yeah so i think of that specifically when i think of the bystander effect but all these things and more were catalysts for the creation of 911. Remember that thing we were talking about, 911? Oh, yeah. So in 1967, three years after Genevieve's deaths, 
I can't I can't say Genevieve's Genevieve's death. You can say Kitty's. I we know who Kitty. she is. Three years after Kitty's death, there was a recommendation of the President's Commission of Law Enforcement and Administration of Justice that, quote, wherever practical, a single police emergency number should be established within a metropolitan area and preferably all over the United States. There was also growing public concerns on the increased amount of crime all over the nation, and many felt that access to emergency response teams were inadequate. I don't blame them, especially in highly populated areas like New York City. Therefore, in 1968, AT&T announced that within any area that they serviced, they would install a national-scale emergency call number that could signal the closest police station to the telephone being used. And that number was... 911. 911. Is there a reason they chose those numbers? Wow, my next bullet. Why those specific numbers? So while AT&T was brainstorming on which number to make universal, they wanted something short, easy to remember, and unique. 911 had never been used before as an area area code or otherwise. Oh, okay. And the one as the second digit was also key in choosing which three numbers to push together. Because when the second digit was one or zero, the equipment handled the call as a long distance or special call number. And I'm not sure why. I think it's like a 1-800 type thing. Huh. But it handled it differently than other area codes. Weird. So like back then, like my phone number would take priority over yours. Yeah. Because of the area code. Weird. I know. I thought it was cool. But like I mentioned, 911 was at first only able to be used by callers serviced by AT&T. But by... 1973, the White House's Office of Telecommunications issued a national policy statement asking all phone companies to implement the emergency call system, making 911 accessible to all U.S. citizens. Nice. At the time of this statement in 1973, less than 17% of citizens could actually use 911. And by 1987, that access only increased to 50%. Oh. Yeah. But by the end of the 20th century... 93% of American citizens had access to the emergency call number of 911. Now, nowadays, everyone has access, and even some old phones will let you call 911 without a SIM card, which is a really cool feature. Like, you don't have to unlock a phone to make an emergency call. Yeah, you can slide it. um, Public public phones like pay phones Mm -hmm. you don't you don't don't need a quarter to make an emergency call yeah nope and another thing in general any kind of emergency call the caller is not charged right like in like just in general like if you're paying for your phone by the minute that doesn't count okay cool that's good to know yeah it is good to know i would hope that you wouldn't be concerned about your minutes if you needed to call 911 but you know Everyone's situation. Some different. people are, you know, some people are thinking about well, that a lot. Well, if it's if it's like a situation of it's not your personal emergency, if you're witnessing something. <gasps> true, true. You may not you'd be less you inclined be like, to call if you're paying by the minute. Someone who has someone who can afford the minutes will make the call. That's so fucked up and so true. Right? Yeah. But this is the this is the best part of the whole episode to me, aside from the fact that there is now nine one one. But um the first call, 911 call ever made. Was it a cat in a tree? Uh, no, it was It was more symbolic. It wasn't actually necessary. <laughs> it's, it's cool for a reason. I'll tell you why in a sec. So 
On Friday, February 16th, 1968, at 2 p.m., the first 911 call was made out of Haleyville, Alabama, by Senator Rankin Fight from the Haleyville mayor's office, and the mayor's name was James Witt. Fun fact, this call was not serviced by AT&T. Here's why that's interesting. The president of the Alabama Telephone Company, Bob Gallagher, read about AT&T's intentions to create an emergency call number in the paper in January of 1968. And he was upset with AT&T because it basically like left out all independent carriers from these discussions. So he decided to beat them to the punch. And by February, like less than a month later, he figured it out and made the first 911 call before AT&T could establish it. That's so petty and ridiculous. But it's so, it's honestly, go him because like AT&T should have been trying to work with all the companies instead of being like, we're the tycoon, we're going to make this happen. So there's a picture of Gallagher handing a bright red phone to the senator who made the first it call. It is bright red. It is I bright red. I was fucking imagining the mayor from Powerpuff Girls. No way. Time. I was Were like, you? it's the red phone from Powerpuff Girls. Because you said mayor. Phone. You said mayor and I was like, it's a big red phone. That's what it's gotta be. <laughs> I wonder if the creators of Powerpuff Girls were from Alabama. Oh my goodness. I kind of want to look it up. Yeah, there's a there's a great picture, and they're all super happy to be using 911 for the first time. And the phone is now displayed in Haleyville's uh, city hall. Of course it is. Of course it is. The first person to answer a 911 call was U.S. Rep. Tom Bevel, who was sitting at the Haleyville police station waiting to receive said call. It was he knew that the call would come in. This was like I said. This was like ceremonial. Like they gotcha. were. This was like the first time they were like testing it so they called each other on their regular phones and they were like hey i'm gonna wait by the phone you you make that call okay i'll be right i'll i'll talk to you in a second okay bye (laughs) ring ring police (laughs) yep yep that's pretty much what happened (laughs) what a cute little date wow that's so that's some bullshit that we would do. Haleyville police, what's your emergency? Oh my god, is that US rep? I hate how you said that. The tone that you t- Have you worked retail? Yeah. Oh yeah. I but worked did at you three different phones? Re- yeah. What's your what's your answering a phone at a retail place voice? Which store do you want me to to answer for? Uh just just say Wonderbench. Wonderbench hotline, what's your emergency? No, like your actual mm. That's that's it. That's was it really? Mm-hmm. Why is that not peppy enough for you? No, I just so when I I'm actually thinking of the, the like the separate stores that I worked at when I worked at Charlotte Ruse definitely more peppy. But when I worked at Salvation Army, it was just Salvation Army. Like I didn't care. Retail voices and bathroom voices are the funniest things I've ever heard. I when I hand people their drinks, they thank me, and then I go thank you. As in, like, thank you for getting a drink from me. You did that to me the other day. <laughs> and you, I handed you your drink. Uh-huh. I handed you a mixed drink and you thanked me. And I went, thank you. And then I was like, no, actually, no, you're welcome. And Fuck here's, you. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. I totally didn't notice. Like, it, isn't it the worst, though, when you, when, like, someone at a retail store is like, thank you for coming. And I go, no, thank you for coming. It's like, wait a minute. You work here. That's, I... I intentionally am overtly vague with the patterns that I get into of things that I say to people. Mm-hmm. When I worked at Walgreens, I would always struggle with have a good morning 
or have a good night <laughs> because I never knew which shift I was working when I was in there. And in Walgreens, so the lights are so bright. have a good one is my yep. fucking go to. It's why not have a good one? What? Who cares? Just make it good. <laughs> so so Haleyville is very proud of this piece of their town's history, as you can imagine. So much so that there are there's a sign right outside their town that says where 911 began and banners that hang all around town with a red rotary phone on it and the words home of 911 and every year on february 16th haleyville has a 911 festival to celebrate emergency response personnel it's like a little parade that's cute isn't it so cute do they row down a canal and have children throw candy at them? I'm sure they have people throw candy at them. Or maybe they throw the candy. Oh, I don't know. The community events surrounding emergency personnel are always weird. Because, like, if something goes wrong, you're like, who do... Well, who? that, but also, like, <laughs> what they decide to do. There's a comedian called James Acaster. He grew up in... Or Kettering in England. Apparently, they would have, like, every year there was a game that they played with like the local volunteer firemen, but they would have a barrel on a line and the firemen would have fire hoses on either side and they would have to blast the barrel and try and get it to the other side. Oh my but God. But it would splash on all of the bystanders. <laughs> That's oh, it. That's that- all I had to say. <laughs> That's the end of that story. <laughs> wow. You're really, you're really tired right now. I can I'm see sorry. it in your face. No, it's okay. It's late. It's, it's almost 10 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday. So it's all right. <laughs> but anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah. The banners, the festival. It's great. They love it. But I'm going to sum up this episode. Yeah, we're done. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'm going to sum up this episode with a quote from Mary Boyd, who was a former president of the National Emergency Number Association. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing until I did this research. So if you're having a heart attack, that's not what you want. Haleyville set the course for other communities to see that it could be done. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wait. (laughs) What? (laughs) So if you're having a heart attack, you don't want that. (laughs) Haleyville is... They got it. They figured it out how to help you stop having a heart attack. No, that's not what you want. She's referring to not wanting to call around to get help. If you're having a heart attack, you don't want to call around to all these people. Oh, God. Context is important. Out of context? Hilarious. (laughs) Having a heart attack? You don't want that. (laughs) That sounds like like a commercial for some sort of prescription. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Does anyone know what that product did? They never explained what the product did. What is it? Lip balm for your forehead? What is it? (laughs) It's forehead balm, Is it medicine? I don't know. Next episode? we're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of what head on is <laughs> we're gonna face head on head, head on. on oh i hate us i think we're pretty cool we're all right but yeah so that, that's those that now you can call the police easy Yee. Yee. and remember no matter where you are if you don't know the local emergency number i'm talking referring to countries right right you can you can call your own you can call 911 you can call 112 and you can also i think it's true that you can also call 999 and that also works to reroute so like if i called i'm in america i'm from america if i called 999 right now would it do anything it might i think it would work don't I'm, test it out don't yeah I mean, we're not going to try it right now uh, i think it'd be more effective if it were 112 okay i think uh don't quote me uh, also, just use 911 if you're from this country. 
Do whatever you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. You don't want that. Having a heart attack? You don't want that. Your house is on fire. You don't want that. Why are we advertising? Oh, I didn't think of a good way to close this. But, um. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it from here. I'm going to ad lib a Mikey zone right now. Are you Thank ready? God. I'm so ready. Okay. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> you laughed. You messed me up. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> That's not what I expected. All right. Hmm. Is this serious now? Or are you going to say it again? Never pass up the chance to be someone who helps. If ever you see something and you are concerned, whether you think someone else already made the call, it can't hurt. Even if someone did make the call, a secondary call just accelerates that this is an issue and they should send someone. The bystander effect is real. If ever you are in an emergency situation and there are people around, Take charge of the situation, point to someone, pick anyone that has a phone and say, you call for help. And if you get pointed at, accept that responsibility. It wasn't a Maggie zone. It was just like a PSA. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I felt like, uh, you know, when someone starts talking seriously and like it, it feels like everything is a little too like real the air for a shifts. second. The air shifted. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated the shift. Cool. Thanks for listening to Wonder Binge. You can find us on all socials. At Wonder Binge Pod. And uh, eventually we will get all of our source material up on our website. WonderBingePod.wixsite.com If you'd like to email us topic suggestions, feedback, or anything of the like, you can email us at WonderBingePod at gmail.com And if you've been listening to us from the start, holy crap, thank you. If you're a new listener, holy crap, thank you. And welcome. And welcome. Please tell your friends. We'd love to reach out. And you know, this this is some cool shit we talk about, you know? Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to Wonder Binge Pod. It's been a year and that's been crazy. A year. I'm Maria. I'm Jen. I love so much of you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that awkward thing again. I hate it. Why did I fuck it up again? I can't. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Turn this off. I gotta... Head on. Apply directly to the Where's forehead. Where's the off button? Fuck. Is it on the forehead? Head on. Apply to... Re- oh. Terminate. <laughs>